104.7's Ryan and Tanya. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. They're just like you, only much weirder. Malaganas Edwards Johnson. For proper compensation, visit mej.com.au. Hit 104.7. This week, uh, we've been chatting a lot about Mother's Day and um, I've personally never met my biological mother and we've been hearing some incredible and like chilling adoption stories. Um, yesterday, a girl in her 40s, Angela, um, said that she missed a train and then while waiting for the next one, bumped into her biological auntie who said, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure my sister gave birth to you and then <laughs> later on they met up. Yeah. Unbelievable. That afternoon. How Unbelievable. insane is that? Yeah. Now, in the studio at the moment, um, we've got this lovely Canberran lady, um, a single mum. Um, we're not going to use her name, but um, but thank you so much for coming in. Now, um, first of all, did you, you you saw the video online? I seen the video 19 minutes after you posted. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Not to be specific or anything. <laughs> specific, you know. And did that conjure up any emotion for you? It definitely did. It hit a few heartstrings, I'll say that. I was originally fostered from the age of 11. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a great home to begin with. I was passed around between family members. And then I went through a course of 32 homes. 32. In Sorry. four years before I finally, finally found a home. I ended up staying. Home. So how, how did that feel? Like, I can't imagine. It was rough. Some homes would be only for three days because there was such a shortage of long-term carers. Did you go to the same school or when you moved around, did you have to move schools as well? When I moved around, they thought it would be easier to put me into boarding school for 18 months. I was in boarding school for 18 months in a town I knew nobody I was always that girl that was like, oh, she doesn't get to go home on the weekend. Mm. She doesn't get to go to a family. I went through a course of four high schools until I finally reached my then family. Yeah. It wasn't until my 18th birthday, so a year after I finished high school, I got given papers. It turns out my adoption was finalised three months on the 8th of March, the year I turned 18, which was great. A few months after I turned 18, I wanted to reach out to my mother, my biological mother. So when you turned 18, you thought, I thought I'm old enough. I need to You had so many questions, I guess. Especially being 18, it was like, I need to know more of my family medical history. I needed to know where I really did come from, what was the go. And I let my adopted family know. I let them know everything. Like, they gave me a wonderful life. And And were you close to your... Like, oh... I was... It was amazing. Like, we'd do everything together. It felt like family? It it finally felt like I had a place to belong. Yeah. So you've given birth to this beautiful little boy. You've tried to reconnect with your biological parents your adoptive parents weren't overly supportive of this. Um, Tell us what happened on your 21st birthday. I woke up to a message. It said, we've made the decision collectively that you are no longer our daughter (laughs) and that we no longer want anything to do with you. You found your biological family. You're dead to us. Which 
literally destroyed my mood. My first, my 21st birthday fell on Mother's Day of all days, which was (laughs) like, (laughs) it was horrible. Like, I admit, it was horrible. My first Mother's Day, I was a single mum. I had literally what felt like no family but this beautiful life I had created. There was nothing else. I was... I felt so alone. So how old is your child now? He's three. He's going on four. Do you think that for all the the troubles you've had with family for yourself, that's going to make you probably the most loving mum? (laughs) I admit he's spoiled as all hell. (laughs) He... Like, he's had his health issues, but he's great. Like, I wouldn't change it. No. Actually, I don't know how you are standing (laughs) and are able to live a a life. Like, you've just been through so much and you've come out the other side so goddamn strong and you're such a beautiful, independent woman and it sounds like you're a phenomenal mother. I try to be. I mean, he may drive me up the wall. He may want to like kid, of course. Yeah, you just come out the other side. I mean, to me, you just seem so strong, and you've been through such bloody hell, and you did not, and you have never deserved that. Yeah, everyone gets dealt a different set of cards in life, and at the end of the day, I've just got to look at it as well. This is what I've been dealt. I've got to make the most of it. Yeah, that's incredibly inspirational. Yeah, and like I said, the what you've been through personally, I've no doubt. Um, you know, you, you seem like you you have a lot of love to give, and I think your child is incredibly lucky to have you. Yeah, sometimes I think he's unlucky to have him. He pulled me out of my rut. He was what pretty much kept me going. Thank you so much for your honesty, Cheryl, and telling your story. And you say you made your teacher cry. I think you've made. Pretty much every single person in their car cry this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Cheryl, thank you so much. And uh, I, I know you've said that sometimes, like your birthday and, and Mother's Day, is is a tricky one for you. But I hope, sort of, going forward, that um, you know, you're gonna have some great memories with your kid, and it it'll, it'll be does. a day you can be proud of real soon. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Kid 104.7. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. The voice is back. Delta, Boy George, CL and Kelly Rowland are the judges this year. Mm-hmm. And, like, they've changed the lineup. They change it all the time. But it's pretty much the same show every year regardless of the judges, right? Yep. My biggest issue with The Voice is that there's a massive difference to what, between what the judges say and what they mean. And I was watching it being like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could actually hear what they were thinking? So I found this app where you can actually, Ryan, John, believe it or not, hear <laughs> people's thoughts. And I put it on during The Voice. Have a listen to this. I think I can teach you a lot about connectivity, you know? That, that was really what I would bring to your game. I am highly aware that I am not relevant. I never have been, and I don't actually know why I've been brought onto this oh, panel. The app does accents oh, yeah. as well. That's you nice. actually just shift the energy in the room. But I felt like your voice was coming from a really beautiful light, and I'd love to be able to look after that light and make it shine bright. I have a perfume out, and I need screen time to sell my perfume. I really love your tone. That's the thing that kind of made me turn around. That's what kind of really gets me inspired and gets me excited. That makes me really inspired to want to work with you. I have repeated myself several times because I am not thinking about this show. I am thinking about how much cash I'm going to get from doing this show. Also, I have a greatest hits album. It's got one track on it. Please, someone f- 
buy it. I've got nothing going on. You've got it, man. You, you're tr truly a remarkable talent. I would love to work with you. I seriously do not care about you, your story, or your career. As soon as you leave here, I'm going to forget your name and forget every promise I ever made to you, okay? I am literally here to revive my career, okay? Also, I'm very aware that I am not Beyonce. Time to make a decision. Who are you going to pick as your coach? Doctor, please teach me your way. <laughs> Producers told me to pick you because no one's picked you in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't even really want to be on this show. Hit 104.7. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Now, um, uh, big week. Uh, Mother's Day this week. We've spoken a lot on the show about the fact that I've never met my biological mother and I've literally had over 2,000 emails oh with God. long stories of people telling me their stories and we've had some on the air. So thank you very much to the people of Canberra for sharing those with us. We'll have more later on. Um, I did have a chance, though, to sit down with my mum, who I call my mum, who's my, I guess, adoptive mum, if you will, who I met when I was six weeks old, yeah. and sort of ask her about the whole process of, of when she first got me. Was and that weird? Have you ever had this conversation with her before? Because it's a pretty intense conversation. Not really. There's been, like, maybe random questions or something would come up in conversation, but I've never, like, we've had, like, I've never had a, a full chat about it. So um, have a quick listen. Um, this is mum describing what it was like. She tried IVF twice and both unsuccessful um, when she was tough. trying to have uh, kids, of like biological kids of her own. So um, we sort of talk about that a little bit. So tell me, is there a point where you've done IVF a second time yeah, and it hasn't yeah, the worked? the doctor said. How important to you was, was being a mum? Yeah, very, 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 very. Yeah, yeah. Very so important. just doing the maths, between getting married and getting me, it was 12 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And nine years of trying, so it's a long time. Was there ever a time when you thought yeah. this might not happen? All the time. Because yeah. you don't know. You never know when you're going to get the phone call. My God, you're sitting two years waiting and you don't know and you just get a phone call. Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. So, so you just got to keep going with your life thinking, that oh, may or may not happen, and then, holy shit, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the phone call and yeah. we went over to the foster mother's home yeah. that night and visited you, yeah. and then the next day went and picked you up. Whoa. Yeah. And so when you get that phone call, I've already... It's not like, oh, this lady's pregnant, so in a few months, it's literally like he's been born. It's uh, No, sh no, it's you're six, you were five, six weeks old. When you got that phone call? Yeah. Oh, so you weren't a baby baby. like. So there was a time... See, I don't know. So there was a time that you were sitting there going, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a parent when yeah. your child has already been born. Yes. I guess when girls are pregnant, they've got nine months or from when they find out to having the baby to kind of build, you know, a physical mm. and biological Yeah, bond. connection, yeah. So I guess when they're born, it's like, oh, I've, you know, I've had you inside of me for a long time and... It, it straight away it was... Well, no, that, it, that's, that's, not, that's not correct either. Because you've still got to bond with the baby no matter whether it's your physical yeah. baby, your physiological baby, yeah. if that's a word, yeah. or, or not. You've still got to bond with them. So some mothers still have problems bonding with their babies when they're yeah. theirs. But was it, there a time when... Did it take time for me to become this baby you were just given to your no, child? No, not really, no, no. No, not at all. That bond was pretty quick. Yeah. Like, although looking at you though, you weren't whatever. What I just had this vision of a child of mine mm. would never have blue eyes. Like yeah, that right. was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't be. You were very, very, very pale. 
Like you're very pale and you're very blotchy and I've got darker skin. Yeah. So you you didn't look like a product of mine. And that was never even challenged. People would never, well, people even now wouldn't know yeah. that we're not connected because there's so many similarities we've got in um, behaviours and yeah. connections and other things. They wouldn't even know. It's so true, though. Yeah. First time I met your mum, mm-hmm. even though I knew you are adopted, yeah. I just wanted to say, God, you're similar. And I had to stop myself from saying it we, a couple we, of times. Because we look alike or the mannerisms? or You sort of do look alike. You yeah, do right. a little bit, <laughs> but it's also like just things like in, inconsequential things like the way you move your hand or the way you pick up a glass or phrasing or sense of humour as well. Yeah. She's got a funny – she's very funny. Yeah. She's very witty. Yeah. She's really dry, which is like you. Mm. It's yeah, so right. strange. But even physically, you do look similar, which – which did that come up a lot? People go, you know, oh, you you're so like your mum, and you have to go. Oh, oh well, some, peop- some people would say something like, oh, you, you look similar, and mum and I would just look at each other and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. sort of go, okay, um, but yeah, it, it, people do say that a lot, and that's why when mum. Uh, she was saying, like, no one ever went, oh, is there any, like, was he adopted? Because everyone just went, yep, cool. Yeah. Um, that's his son and no one even could tell the difference. Did your, and correct me, like, if I'm saying something that you don't no, want to, no, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, did your birth mother help pick your adoptive parents? Yeah, so I think, well, there was 15 babies up for adoption and 2,000 couples. <laughs> and so they said to my birth mum, oh, you know, what sort of things are you into and would you like? And she was really sporty, um, my birth mum. So she said, I'd like him to go into like an active family. And my dad, you know, used to play heaps of footy and cricket and um, and mum was sort of pretty active as well. So they must have made like a short list or something. And then uh, my birth mum said, oh, these guys, Mandy and Rod, are, are the ones. Did she see photos? Did she know what your your adoptive parents were going to look like? I wonder. I don't know. No. It would have been, and back then it wasn't as easy just to snap a pic, no, I guess, as I well. Know, so no, um, yeah. I think it most time. looks really formal forms and even like looks like, you know, typewritten stuff. Mm. It's really kind of ancient, all the paperwork and stuff. Can you imagine the moment when your mum, Mandy, saw you for the first time? Like, don't you reckon that would have been the most... It's weird to rock up and just incredible. be like, oh, hey... <laughs> Well, she, she said she met you, then she mm. went away for 24 hours or, or yep. however much time yep. it was, and she came back the next day and you sort of think... Yeah. <laughs> imagine that process yeah. of nine years, nine years for trying for a baby, and that would have been really heartbreaking and difficult for them yeah, and she, hard on their relationship. Yeah, then, she said they um, had uh, lots of their friends were having kids and stuff, and they were sort of like, oh, you know, you know, why not me? And, and like you said, she, there was time when she's like, oh, it might not happen, and just move on and um, she said it's quite stressful. Yeah, and then the phone call comes. And, of course, when you're pregnant, you can sort of start going, okay, well, I've got a few months to work this out and we'll put the the cot here and we'll do this. And mum got the call and she said they had nothing. No clothes, no no blankets, no cot. Oh, quick, uh, Rod, clean out the spare room. (laughs) It's on. That's so bizarre to think and it's so weird to think that... He's here tomorrow. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then she was just bang instantly. Mm. And mum had to call her work and say, I need 12 months off maternity maternity leave leave, as of of right now. And they're like, but you're not even... She's like, yep, cool, see ya, bye. Insane. (laughs) That's such an amazing story. I just keep thinking of of your mum looking at you in the cot for the first time and picking Mm. you up and taking you home and how amazing that moment would have been for her. Yeah, it'd be... And well, apparently I just had my immunisation. So she's like, oh, my beautiful baby. But I was like... Snotty and feral. Yeah, just gross because I, I was really whingy for a few days apparently. Um, up, a few days? Yeah, up next. Still are. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, up next, 131060 is our phone number. Give us a call if you had a child and you thought, this is what I'm going to call my child, and then you name them something else because I was called John by my birth mum. And then uh, Mandy, when she got me at six weeks, just looked at me and said, no, 
He doesn't look like a John. Well, you don't. Yeah, and I'll tell you what they called him after this. We know. Oh. It's on the show name. Oh, gotcha! <laughs> Hit 104.7. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Right now, 131060. Did you change the name of your child once you saw them? Or maybe it was your name. Um, we've been talking a lot about uh, the uh, process of my parents adopting me this week and I was named John. And then when my mum uh, got me at six weeks old, she looked at me and just said, no, Not you don't look like a John. You still don't look like a John. Yeah. And so they kept the John on the end, but it's just uh, Ryan John because she's like, no, it just looks like a Ryan. And uh, I reckon, uh, and, and we're hearing that so many people just have this name in plan for a whole pregnancy, and then the child's born and they just look and go, nah. Nah, not, not right. of that, not of this, not whatever right. it may be. It's so unbelievable. It's a feeling thing. Yeah, they just doesn't feel it doesn't like... feel yeah. right. Um, so, Sarah, your husband, um, what was he supposed to be called? He's, he was supposed to be called Stephen. Mm-hmm. Right, and why wasn't he, did he not look like a Stephen? Well, his mum decided a couple of days after he was born that he was really more like a Tom. Um, his dad wasn't involved in the decision, but they agreed, and so they didn't change any of his birth certificate or any official paperwork. So he's now Tom, but all of his official documents say Stephen, and so it trips us up occasionally. Like the first time I booked us an overseas holiday, oh, and I of course. Happened, to, happened to book it under Tom, and yep, I had to pay the hundred bucks or whatever to change it oh, to Stephen, so that it was official. That's and actually at work, his past is. You know, uh, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's annoying. That's really weird. That's so weird. And when you first met him, I bet he was like, you know, I'm Tom, and took you on a date and whatever. And then you, you know, totally. found his license, and you were like, wait a second, who am I? This guy I is well, he a serial killer? What's going is on? Is it James Bond? Who am yeah. I? <laughs> who is I this? Know. And actually, it's funny you say that because my dad wanted to kind of look into him, and so he did a yeah. bit of you know googling, background searching, yep. and he couldn't find anything because I'd given him obviously the name that he goes by, Tom. But yeah, um, anyway, it, it's now a hilarious joke. But um, he's Totally more a Tom, so I call you know Tom all the time, basically. That is so strange. That is so strange. <laughs> Just um, change it. Now Samantha um, has called through. What were you supposed to be called? So my parents pretty much called me Mackenzie Rose, and then my brother got all upset because he wanted a little brother, and he cried, and he wanted to call me Sam. So then I got named Samantha Elizabeth. What? Pu- wait, purely wait, so your brother could call a lot you of Sam pull from the brother. Yeah, I guess he must be the favourite child of the family because he gets his way. <laughs> that, I mean, that's next level. Normally it's like, here's another toy, but that's crazy. So how, how long were you Mackenzie Rose for? Uh, I would I would say only a few either minutes or hours. I can't really remember, but... No. <laughs> yeah, bro just keeps calling you Sam. There you go, kids. Persistence pays. <laughs> yeah. That that's is, incredible. Do you think what your life might have been like as a Mackenzie? Yeah, I mean, there's there's... Mackenzie's quite popular now, but back then there wasn't many. But there seems to be Sam's everywhere. So in the same town that I live from, I come from a little town out west, and there was actually another Samantha Wood in town. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I could have stayed in as Mackenzie and been the only person. <laughs> and then 28 years later, Sam Wood, you became The Bachelor. So you've had a quite a great life, Great Sammy. run. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty well known. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Sammy. Right. Um, let's go to Danny. Danny, what was your name supposed to be? No, so it wasn't my name. It was actually my son. Um, oh. He's going to be a Cooper. Yeah. I pulled up to the hospital um, to obviously I was in labour on Mother's Day eight years ago. Whoa. And I there was a mini coop in front, and then on the back of the car it said Cooper down in the top, the bottom uh, right hand corner. I thought. No, my son can't be named going around and his name's on the back of a car. So um, I actually changed it and he's now born and his name's actually Cohen. Cohen. And just because... Yep. And you just reckon because if you, you saw that car. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so yeah. if you you had a left home a minute earlier, a minute later, you wouldn't have driven past the car, you'd probably still be Cooper. Yeah, and he probably wouldn't hate me as much because he can never find his name on anything because he's actually spelt with a K, so it's K-O-H-E-N. Oh, well, that's just child cruelty right there. No. <laughs> I so know that feeling. I have a friend called Elspeth, and she... I, yeah, it's like Elizabeth, but a Scottish but version. Wrong, yeah. yeah, yeah, Elspeth. And uh, she was always so mad growing up because she could never, ever find her name on anything. You know, all those personalised things. Yeah, so when I said, mate, that's just because you're different. Like, exactly. You know, you're, you're special. You've got one of those awesome names and no one's going to have it, and... You don't hear the name very often. Where my other two, I hear it quite regularly, their name. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Danny. No worries. Have a good day. Yeah, same to you. And thanks to us. We've had so many calls come through on this. Um, Jump onto our Facebook page. It's unreal. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. And... Remember just a few weeks ago, Sam Johnson, who's been one of Australia's favourites for years and years Brilliant and years, actor. Um, won the Gold Logie. Have a quick listen to his speech here. On behalf of my beautiful sister Connie, who I dedicate this award to, I'd like to urge any family watching, affected by cancer or not, to join us in our quest to keep our families safe from the terrors of cancer. Loveyoursister.org. Please help us out. Or love your sister on Facebook. I love you, Connie. What an amazing guy. Yeah, what an amazing guy. Footage on Facebook of Connie seeing that and yeah. responding. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, we crossed down to the Canberra Netball Courts in Lynham this morning, uh, just down the road. Um, are you there, Sam? Yeah, yeah, here. Got you loud and clear. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Now, uh, we're obviously in the studio, but can you sort of paint a picture for us of what's happening down there in Lynham? Oh, mate, I'd love to. We've got, we've got families everywhere. Um, there's lots of cuddling, lots of smiles. And uh, and just there's a collective there's a feeling of collective willpower when it comes to dealing with this cancer conundrum, and and the coin is filling fast, mate. We've got the massivest, um, like it's just so ambitious. I looked at this heart and I thought, even though so many people are getting behind it, there's no way we're going to fill it. We're an hour in. There's so many coins, mate. Just the coins are twinkling. The, the people. People are amazing. I don't, I don't even know what to say, mate. It's hard to paint the picture because my heart's just singing so loud, you know? We've only started 45 minutes ago. Now, Sam, how big is this hut? Like, I'm trying to visualise it. Um, well, I just dragged Connie in here because she's just arrived um, and she knows the dimensions more than me. Can I tuck her on? Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi there, how are you going? Good, hey, thanks, girl. Connie. Now, um, well, thank you so much for, for joining us as well. Uh, Sam, he is jumping over the moon with the, the, the great feeling happening down there. We're trying to raise as much money as possible. How big is this love heart we're making with coins? So it's got a 100 metre circumference, oh. if a heart can have a circumference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about 20 square metres all up. No, sorry, that's wrong. About 100 square metres, I think. 100 square metres of coins. And, and Sam... Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Right, it's basically huge. Yeah, so basically... You, you I think we've got to get down there to see it. Yeah, so a lot of yeah. you said you're a little bit nervous about how many people were going to come down there because it is a, a big task, but the, the whole... Hey, uh, the hey, whole... Hey, she was a bit nervous about yeah. how many people might be here. Yeah. Oh <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, Sam, a, a bit of the, the whole campaign with Love Your Sister, I remember you saying years ago that I, I sort of aimed stupidly high because it's rather to aim high than sort of aim low and, and reach the goal. Uh, yeah. How much have we raised in, in total? Uh, in total, we're sitting at about $4.5 million and oh. I'm hoping we get over $5 million today. Wow. That is unbelievable. So yeah. how, how come you guys chose five cent pieces to, to do this heart? Um, last year when they were doing the budget, uh, I saw on um, on Twitter that 
the um, they were phasing out the five cent piece. And I just had a picture in my head of, of every five cent piece in the country being in one spot. And um, that, that's where the idea was born. That's actually right. I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's and that is a massive, massive thing. Hey, um, Connie, we saw you on the project last na- night and you were fabulous. Um, but Sam, you, you said that it's a chance to say goodbye. I mean, is that really hard for you to fathom today? Um, yes, but it's so beautiful. Everybody, like, there's just a feeling of warmth and love and support and um, it, it's actually profoundly beautiful. People aren't, people aren't being rude and coming and going, oh, you thought I'd come and say goodbye before you cark it. Um, it, it's, it's quite charming. Everybody's kind of not mentioning it. It's lovely. <laughs> you guys are the um, best people. Um, I want to be in your family so bad. <laughs> no, you don't, man. I'm an absolute turd. Connie's so better. <laughs> um, Connie, um, the, the country is so impressed with you and your family, and uh, obviously your brother is one of the most loved guys around. Tell us about the moment when you were watching him give that speech. Oh my god, like <laughs> you just can't even. You know, the um I have, I've never felt that way in my life. It was excitement, profound, profound excitement. Uh my heart was actually like I could feel my heart. Yeah, we, I nearly got her, I reckon she nearly died that night. <laughs> after that video was taken, I went into like a hyperventilation for about fifteen minutes. Far out. It was an exceptional moment on Australian TV. Um, guys, if anyone wants to, if everyone, if anyone's listening in Canberra, obviously get down there, make a donation. There's heaps of stuff going on. They've got a jumping castle and they've got uh, unicycle lessons. I'm assuming, Sam, you're going to do some of those or you got some people to help you out. Yeah, yeah, and Connie's boy, Hamilton, who's just learnt how he's going to be running the unicycling class. There's so many activities so here cool. for families. Um, it's, 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 actually, it's actually a really fun fundraiser. <laughs> and and if, if people can't get down there for whatever reason or if they're podcasting the show, how can they make a donation? Um, I, I'm going to take over from Connie here. I am begging anyone listening to donate $2.90. $2.90 is one metre worth of five-cent coins. And we're asking for one metre per cancery loved one. Um, and, um, and together, uh, we can help kind of kick cancer right in the face hole. We're Mate. not asking for much. Two bucks ninety. And, and, and um, if you want to donate online, you can hit us up at loveyoursister.org. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Sam Johnson and your sister Connie down there as well in Lineham. Thank you so much. We'll be uh, heading down there later on ourselves. Uh, Australia is so proud of you guys. And uh, thank you so much for doing such a great job. Thank you. Come say good day. We will. We will. <laughs> coming down. Hit 104.7.